0: Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash-flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky, welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host as
1: usual, Andrew Shutsky. With me today is Juan Vargas to talk about real estate investing and specifically his expertise in multifamily. Juan began his multifamily journey in 2016 with a 32 unit and has expanded rapidly from here. He's fortunate to be a limited partner in over a thousand units and a general partner across seven deals and over 1,400 units—a quite an impressive portfolio. He's also the managing principal of Gen Wealth Capital Group and also a fellow podcast host. Welcome to the show Juan. Well, I'm happy to have you with us to share your experience today. Thanks for joining
2: Hey, I certainly appreciate the intro uh, thank you for for having me on and, and uh, I'm excited to, to get to share my, my story and um, and go through uh, you know my my, my background in and, and, and multifamily and, and uh, you know but to this point so so very excited
1: Awesome. awesome so let's back up maybe a decade or so you know how did you begin your <laughs> professional career? How did you get into that thirty two unit in 2016
2: yeah, yeah so um, so basically that, uh, you know, I, I was working with BMW right, um, on the technical side. So we did a lot of, uh, um, you know, long hours there and, and, you know, was growing a family at the same time and, and, um, you know, decided that, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't last forever. So, you know, started doing some research and, and real estate was one of those things that kept popping up for me for, for passive income, um, and, and, you know, at that point I was looking, you know, mostly at single family, right? Uh, multifamily was like this, this huge, um, you know, asset class that I didn't think that I was capable of at that time. I think it was all like mental, right, at that, at that moment. Um, nonetheless, you know, I started looking into single family and, you know, got into single family. Um, and, um, and then from single family, uh, shortly after, after one of my houses, I, I got into multifamily in, in 2016.
1: Awesome. So, what were your key success, and you're landing that first 32 unit? I mean, how nervous were you? What did you overcome?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the key for that one, you know, really, it, it started because of the single family, right? And and they kind of tied together. to explain how, um, you know, single family. I, I had a good resident. Uh, he was in the military. He ended up having the the, the get uh, stationed somewhere else. So he he, he left uh, left the unit uh, vacant. Um, and you know, I had to pay for all the expenses. Um, and, and that was the light bulb that went off for me. Right. Because I was basically relying on one person. Right. Yeah. So I was hundred percent vacant and, and I was like, you know what, this just makes too much sense for me. Right. Um, that, um, you know, I had to, I had to go bigger, to go more doors. Um, shortly after that, I, I started reaching out to owners uh, directly. Um, and, you know, came across a, a 32 unit, uh, an owner, um, and, uh, you know, they were, it was the right timing for them. Uh, and you know, I was eager. Um, I had already, you know, done some research and learned a little bit and, and so, um, you know, made it happen. Right. So it was, it was myself and a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, we, we, took it down together. Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's that, I mean, that's that's a decent sized deal for your first deal. So you did it with one other individual. what the rest of your team look like? It was just two of you guys or.
2: Oh uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. It was, it was myself and him. Uh, he, he's a good friend of mine. Actually it's a, he's a neighbor. I okay. uh, happens to be a neighbor and, and he's a, he's a general contractor. He's excellent at what he does. And so that was a good fit, right? Because uh, basically my wife and I, we, we sort of oversaw operations. Um, and then, you know, he was a partner in the deal and, and he did all the, um, all the renovations, right? Um, interior, exterior. So, so he was on that and, and we were on more on the operational side. So it was a good fit, right? Um, uh, you know, just so it happens that, you know, he also owned real estate. And so he understood And and this was his largest property um, up until that point. Right. So, so it was a good fit, right? It was, it was a good, um, a uh, good learning experience for, for for the both of us, um, but uh, you know it was a, a first uh, first deal that was a, a successful uh, personal deal right? So um, ha- happy ha- happy to how that, that one ended up turning out as well.
1: That's great. So you know, I know it was a while back, almost five years now, maybe over five years. What was going through your mind in that first one? Were you nervous, or what were you thinking? A lot. Of, I know a lot of us on our first one are sleepless nights. So was it similar for you, or are you just like, no, I'm fearless and I got my Superman cape on and let's let it rip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah I think I think it's it's probably a combination of both you know when you're when you're when you're at that point right you're, you certainly are nervous right because it's like man what am I gonna get myself into um, you know this this property was uh, the loan was a recourse loan so it's like I mean, I'm signing my life away here right you're thinking all of these different things but at the same time you're also thinking like, hey I, I feel like I've learned enough um you know I feel like this is a good opportunity you know uh, the numbers work. So, so yeah, let me sort of put my my Superman cape on and, and go with the flow, right? And, and take that risk, right? Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, uh, every, every time we're looking at a deal, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, right? Um, and, you know, I think as long as you cover your downside, um, then, then you, you should be good, right? Make sure that you cover your downside like as many times as possible. Uh, look at all the risks. Uh, and, and if you remove as much risk as possible from the deal, then, then it's uh, easier for you to be able to move forward, you know?
1: It makes a lot of sense. So let's fast forward to today. I know there's a lot to happen in between, right? You've got over you know 1,400 units. It's a serious portfolio. You know what? How did you find your niche, right? So everybody's got a role. Generally, with larger properties, you've got a larger team, and you become more specialized. You might be the deal finder, or the acquisitions guy, or the debt guy, or asset manager. How did you? You know what is your what is your main role? What do you like to do? What are you good at? And how did you find that niche? A lot of people struggle with their identity. What would be your tips? There's a lot to unpack.
2: Yeah, that, that's yeah, no, for sure, and, and you know that's a um, a great way to put it, right? Because it, it can become a little a little difficult, a little daunting for for people, especially if you're starting out, right? Because you know there's so many tasks that are out there that that have to be taken care of. Um, what's, what's sort of your fit? How do you find that out, right? And I, I think everybody out there has an, a a certain skill set, um, and or uh, contacts, and or um, you know, ability to be able to provide some value in one way, shape, or form, right? Um, you can either be a, be a, you know, have a strong um, balance sheet, right? So you could be a long, guarantor, term uh, tour, put up some earnest money. Maybe you worked at, at uh, you know, at, at a bank or or some lending institution where you know you're you're, you're good at crunching numbers, um, and, or you have contacts. Uh, you know, you have a, a, you know, group of investors that wanna that wanna invest, and you could bring in equity. Um, There's so many different different things. There for, for me. It, it was uh, mostly fo- focusing on on finding opportunities, you know, connecting with brokers, um, you know, putting the deal together, and then sort of piecing it from there, right? Piecing it, you know the team around us from, from there, um, you know, also you know focusing on, on, on operations, right? Once we take down the deal, focusing on operations, uh, asset management, um, you know, those have, have naturally become uh, uh, strengths of mine, um, and, and for the areas that I'm a little weaker in you know, it's natural to bring somebody somebody that can fill those roles, right? That, that's better than you. Uh, you sort of let, let them take that, uh, that role and, and, um, and you, you collaborate together, right? So yeah, for me uh, to summarize is more on, on the upfront um, and then, um, you know, putting the team together and then, you know, um, overseeing operations.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I mean, for me, you know, it's a little bit of trial and error, right? I think you know some things you know right away. Like I'm a numbers guy, or I'm not. Like I don't care about the really minor details, or I do. I'm into that. So right away, you can rule some things out. And I think you know certain personalities go better with the relationship side of things. So talking with brokers requires a lot of back and forth communication, a lot of vetting, a lot of relationship building, maybe lunches and coffees together, like. You either know you love that stuff or, or it's like, oh my God, it makes my skin crawl. So you can rule rule some things out right away. And then there's other things you probably won't know until you start doing it. You're great at it or you're not as great as you thought, right? Would you agree?
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is, right? Um, a lot of it is trial and error, right? And, and you'll you'll quickly find out if it's something that, that you like or you don't, right? But Sometimes you still have to move forward with it, right? Because a lot yeah. of times that we do things that we don't like. Yeah. Um, until until you're able to to the scale and and find find other roles that, that can really take care of those those uh, specific tasks that, that you don't like doing or that you're not good at, right? Um, and I, I think it's, it's important that uh, that we focus. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in in, in in focusing on what you're good at versus you know trying to focus on and uh, the things that you're weaker at, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know that's something that we're taught in school, right? You're taught in school to focus on the things that you're not good at. Uh, They're to trying to try to you know. Maybe maybe bring up your, your average or bring up your grades in a certain subject, um, you know, or whatnot. And and I think in the world of business, it's a little different, right? If you're not good at it, bring somebody else that, that is good at it and, yeah. and then you you'll you'll do much better, right? So it's a little bit different than what we're used to, to learning, you know, um at, from an early age, you know.
1: Absolutely. And some of us learn it the easy way, you know, by experience, some of it a little bit harder. So either way, you're gonna learn. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about you know getting into properties when you're looking for your next acquisition or you know let's say the last couple of years. What were you looking for? What's your acquisition criteria look like?
2: Yeah, so you know the, for the most part, most of our deals have been value add, right? Uh, they've been value add B and C uh, properties uh, in, in the major metros of Texas um, as well as Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona to, to be specific, um, and and we're still looking at these opportunities BNC You know, uh, predominantly workforce housing. Um, You know, we try to stick with you know fifty thousand median income um, in in a major metro. um, You know, where you're having you know uh, strong income growth, uh, strong job growth, strong strong, uh, rental growth. Um, And then, um, you know, here lately we we sort of have been you know shifting a little bit. Um, We're not moving away from workforce housing entirely, uh, but we're we're sort of shifting a little bit into um, newer. Uh, construction deals. Um, and these are, you know, this could be, you know, 2010, uh, newer, um, that are, that are not brand new, but, but they're still, um, old enough to where, you know, the interiors could be outdated. Um, so there's a value add component there, but the difference being that you don't have to worry about plumbing. Uh, you don't have to worry about the electrical, you don't have to worry about foundation, all these underlying issues that you have with the, you know, the earlier 60s, 70s, 80s product, Mm. um, you know, but you still have that, uh, Value add from just from an interior finish standpoint, right? So you know, sort of shifting to that. Um, in, in addition to uh, to a newer uh, construction, like like newly built, maybe a twenty twenty one construction uh, type deal that that's in lease up, right? So we've been looking at at a bunch of those. Um, and so you know, again, we're not necessarily going away from from the older class uh, deals, but it, you know, sort of have added you know some of the newer ones uh, to the mix, you know. And, and I think there's multiple reasons for that, right? I think you know, for the reasons I already mentioned, you know, and, and from a physical characteristic standpoint, uh, condition uh, standpoint, but also from a cap rate uh, standpoint, right? So you're seeing, you know, B and C uh, cap rates, very similar uh, to, to what some of these Class A uh, properties are, are at. Um, in addition to that, you know, um, for me personally, if if there is going to be a little bit of a softening in the market, um, you know, we don't know if, if and when, that, oh, I think it, it will happen, we, we just don't know when. Um, you know, I think if there's a correction some some point in time, that you know that the Class A properties will, will, will hold their their cap rates uh, tighter than than the B and T. I think the B and T, although they're close right now to the Class A, I think they're they're gonna have a, a bigger swing upward versus you know the Class A. So I, I just feel that you know Class A will be safer at this point, right? Um, now, you know, again, we're still looking at, at the workforce housing. As long as it's um, it, it it really has some, some good upside. Um, you know that's as proven that we we can certainly uh, take on or, or implement. You know,
1: yeah, for sure. And let's go back to the the newer builds. I mean, obviously, for any investor, the less headaches, the better. I'm curious if you run into any things, anything specific. I can share some of my stories and friends' stories too. With that '80s, maybe even '70s builds, is it plumbing? What have you run into? I'm curious.
2: Yes, yeah, so we we have one property that's, that's been uh, it's been a challenge for us, you know, to say the least. Um you know, it's, it's a, it's a property that's built in the seventies, 70s, early seventies. 70s. Um, you know, the thing is built like a tank, right. It's, it's a, you know, every floor is concrete. It's it just solid, solid property. And, and it's been a challenging from, from many different ways. Um, you know, first, you know, we, we bought it and then, you know, we had a, um, you know, we were doing a retenanting of, of the, the property. So that was one thing. Right. And then um, we're finally getting to the point where we're stabilized and good, good again. And then we got hit with COVID um, and then, we you know, we were, you know, finally kind of getting through that, and then we we had a fire, um, and and then you know we had to deal with that, and then, um, and then you know all the while you know we continued to have plumbing issues. So plumbing issues have been like like the worst, um, you know, issue on that property. And so you know, again, you know, I mentioned that you know we're looking at some of the newer properties. You know, if even if you have like a Class C property, and this is not across the board, but this is you know my Experience with that specific property. It's a Class D property, so yes, we buy it at a higher cap rate versus what you would buy uh, an A-class property. But once you consider all the repairs and maintenance, right, that 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 you don't expect to do, right, because we account for for R and M upfront. That's part of our expenses. There's a lot of uh, a lot of surprises that can pop up, right. Once you account for all those expenses and all that capex that you have to put into it, you're basically buying this thing at, at a lower cap, right. At the end of the day. You're buying yeah. a lower cap, so then, but but you're also dealing with all the headache and all the uh, all the, the challenge that you're facing. So, um, but yes, I, I certainly have have uh, have been through that. So I, I um, and again, not to say that we won't look at those properties, but you know definitely yeah. will look at look at them with another lens, right? Um, and maybe a little and, and more. Make sure you more, account for that.
1: And maybe a little more buffer on the capex side during your underwriting, uh, right? Yeah,
2: a hundred percent. And and it's natural for us to to want to to do. Uh, to make the numbers look better, right? And, and usually if, you, if you're underwriting, you're going to have a, you know, um, just enough CapEx, right? Um, and, but it's very important. If you're looking at these older properties, you have to underwrite for a higher CapEx, right? Have a bigger buffer than, than you would think, right? Uh, increase it. Even if you increase it already or you have some, increase it some more because, you know, trust me, these things are, are, can be challenging, um, you know, especially if, if no prior work was done to the, to the property, um, you know, prior to you buying it, right? So it's very important that you, you um, account for it.
1: And, yeah, and it's absolutely true. And I think it, it looks attractive on paper for these maybe B and C classes that have older stuff that hasn't been touched because maybe there's less competition and there's not as many you know, offers coming in. Oh, great, I can grab this at a great price. Like you said, once you factor everything in, is it really worth the hassle and maybe there's a reason there's less bids on that versus, you know your, your, you know, your B pluses or your A properties, which may be a little less return, but a lot less heavy lifting to be done, right? So for those that are, you know, maybe there's in this market, it's super competitive, right? I mean, you, you can't turn away the, you know, 1970s neglected property because there might not be another deal coming. So you have to at least, you know, most of us will at least look under the hood. When you do your walkthrough, you do a property tour. You know what are you looking for in the in those riskier properties? Is it do I look to see if there's cast iron or galvanized plumbing, or is it? What are you looking for uh, in your first pass?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a another good one. Um, you know, whenever you're, you're walking properties, you know, ideally you would like to know what what, uh, what type of plumbing you already have, um, what type of electrical you already have, you know, prior to, to, to touring the property. Sometimes it's not possible, right? Sometimes you have to tour and maybe you're looking behind the electrical panel, um, you know, or you're asking maybe a maintenance guy. You know, I'm, I, I'm fluent in Spanish and a lot, of, a lot of these properties have, you know, um, Hispanic, yeah. you know, maintenance guys. So, I, so I, I'm confident in asking them, hey, you know, you know what, what, what type of challenges have you had, right? Obviously, that's not going to be across the board for everybody, right? Uh, if if you're, there's a language barrier, but um, definitely ask those questions, right? If you can, um, you know, to, to the maintenance guys, because you'll, you'll be surprised how much information you can pick up, you know, just from a quick conversation, right? Um, and, and some of the things that you're looking for, right, is, is you know, obviously from an exterior standpoint, um, look at the look at the roofs, right. A lot of times you can tell, um, you know, just by looking at it how 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 old it could be, right. Or yeah. if, if you see see a bunch of patchwork, then go ahead and account for for roofs, or or at least put some some in your, your budget for roofs, right? Because, um, you know it's going to come up. You know if you're if you're planning on holding this thing for for five years, if that's what you're underwriting yeah. for, then the chances are that, that you're going to have some more plumbing uh, uh, roof issues. So you got to make sure that you, you account for that. Um, exterior, right? You want to walk it and look at the 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 the, um, the pavement, right? Look look at the parking lot. Make sure that it's all in good good uh, shape um you know fencing landscaping i mean you'll be surprised how much uh improvement of just the landscaping can make right and a lot of these properties yeah. you know have outdated landscaping uh the owners don't really you know they, they they they're excited at the very beginning whenever they buy it and then it kind of wears off and then they don't like do anything after that you know anymore so it's always good to come come in with the fresh set of eyes um and then you know siding um you know interiors you want to you want to see the, the 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 renovation level Know, how they compare to, to other properties, right? Do a market uh, survey and, and maybe tour other properties to see their condition and their level of renovation um, and, and, and see how you compare to those guys. But one of the things I always look for um, specifically is the leasing office, right? Because that, that's your center of attention, right? You know, whenever people walk in there, um, prospective tenants, they walk in and they, they want to see a nice office, right? So we always try to um, improve the office um, and the, the clubhouse to a higher level, right? So if you have a C property, then maybe improve it to like like a B class yeah. uh, um, center, right? If you have a B class, maybe do it an A class, you know leasing office slash clubhouse um and, and bring it to a higher level, right? Because people, that's gonna be the first impression, right? And and you want to you want to be able to uh, close the deal with them, right? And and sign them um right right when they walk in. So I, I would say you know those are some of the some of the things from a physical standpoint that, that you should look at. Um, you know obviously the the the, the pocket uh, where the property is located. Is is very important. You want to look at a, a bunch of different things there as well.
1: That's a huge list. That's and that's really helpful. I think for those that have done this a couple times, maybe there's a few things they picked up. But if you're brand new, that's a pretty thorough list from my experience. And there's always high risk items, things like aluminum wiring. For me, flat roofs or It's not like I'll rule the property out, but I have to look at it with a really fine tooth comb. Cast iron galvanized plumbing, all those things are. Typical um, potential nightmares. Don't, not guaranteed, but they're things that always set off the alarm bells. And you
2: know, exactly. Yeah, if you have uh, flat roofs, you know, then then ask about the condition when when they were replaced or redone, yep. right? And and if they, they weren't done anytime soon within the last five years or so, then then I would say you you should account and and put some budget in there for, for it. Um, and now that you mentioned that, you know, some of these, um, AC units, right? It could be either AC units like on on the ground, or it could be AC units that are on the roof, right? Uh, make sure that you're looking at those as well, right? And obviously on an on initial tour, you're not gonna look at them. You're not gonna get on the roofs or anything. But you know, if you're you're in in a, in a, um, a best and final situation, you could potentially, yeah. but but especially if you're in due diligence, right, then then you will. Um, you know, some of these are individual extracts, some of these are are chillers, right? Chiller systems, right? So know the difference, right? Um and and know that a chiller can cost you an arm and a leg if you don't account for it and, and it and it just you know gives up on you during during um, operations. So make sure that, that you know the differences in those, um, and you account accordingly. You know,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, that was a lot to unpack. Any, any as we wrap up here, any parting thoughts of wisdom for our listeners? If you had to give one piece of advice to somebody listening, that wants to get in the game, maybe they've been hesitating, why jump now?
2: Uh, why jump now? Yeah, that's. Um, I would say you know, multifamily is, is in is in demand. It's, it's it's been in demand. You know, throughout. Um, Two different, um, you know, softening of the markets, right? We had the OE uh, financial, uh, you know, crisis, and then we had, you know, COVID nineteen that, that both you know put a put a strain on, you know, on on the economy. But uh, multi tenant was extremely resilient both way both times, right? It's, it's a necessity. We need it just like we need, you know, oxygen. We need, you know, we need food. We need water. We need a shelter, right? We need a roof over, over our heads, right? So it's extremely, extremely resilient um, with with the inflation uh, race where, where they are now you know, six, 7%, um, you know, it's also um, a, a way to be able to combat that, right? Um, you know, you're borrowing at, at you know, sub 3% or, or just a little higher than 3%, um, you know, uh, debt, but, but inflation is at, you know, six, 7%. I mean, you're essentially getting paid to, to borrow money, right, mm-hmm. in, in a way, right? Yeah. Um, so it just makes so much sense, right? Um, so many um, so many families are, are being formed, right? Uh, household formation, uh, population growth, um, you know, all those factors, um, or you know, benefit multifamily, and you know, uh, there's there's no other um, there's not really too many uh, asset classes out there that uh, that uh, where, where capital uh, can go into, right? Be- besides you know, um, you know, multifamily being one of those, right? Um, so yeah, multiple reasons there, but but I would say you know, multifamily, despite you know the, the cap rate compression that we've seen over the last few years, um, is still an extremely resilient and extremely um, a great class as a class to be in and and we'll certainly continue to, to look for opportunities and, and and buy you know even in this environment
1: hard to argue with that so as we close out here listeners want to learn more about yourself your company your podcast they're gonna you're, you're about to launch a new episode how do they get in touch with you
2: sure sure yeah they can reach out to me on social media uh, I'm in Facebook um, you know Instagram uh, LinkedIn and Twitter so uh, reach out to me there at the Juan Vargas um, and then yeah, if, if you reach out to me then, then make sure that uh, you um, you mentioned that you 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 heard the the, the, the crushing Cashflow podcast right but that we can accept the the, the framework request um but then uh, the other way if you want to reach out to me directly you can send me an email juan at atginworld i um happy to um, to connect there and set up a phone call and, and answer any questions that anybody may have
1: thanks so much man it was a pleasure and thanks for breaking off quite a bit of knowledge and sharing your stories with us really appreciate it
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me on and, uh, you know, greatly appreciate it. And um, you know, hopefully the, the listeners were able to get some some value out of it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey. And we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.